this week, much to our surprise, fans in Armenia gave us a special boost by blessing our quite nonsensical chat with the top 10 place amongst Apple podcasts in the news commentary section. Now, while this is uh, immensely gratifying on many levels, it has sent my co-host Joy Bhattacharya scurrying to find some Armenian words of gratitude. And we also decided to celebrate it all by doing today's episodes on awards like the Oscars, Grammys, the Emmys, the Queen's Honours List, your national awards for films, Arsenal's uh, Christmas team lunch awards and so on. This week, we go really bonkers and we try and extract out of the World Wide Web some really strange, funny, interesting, soul-searching awards which are quietly creating waves on their own. So sit back, relax and block everything else out from your mind as we bring you a brand new episode of Fact of the Matter where we talk awards. Welcome back. As always, main course, and like we have promised, this is going to be the only course with a few extra helpings now and then. We promise you a heated discussion about awards. And before we start off, a warm welcome to Joy. Did you find some Armenian words of gratitude, Joy? Shnor Hakalutyun, which is Armenian for thank you. And I plan to say it every week. Shnor Harkalut Yun. And thank you to everyone in Armenia and the rest of the world who are listening to us. It's wonderful to be here and back again. Good to see, Joy, that you haven't got rid of your snoring problem. I mean, there's, of course, a lot of medication I can help you with. But then then that's a separate discussion altogether and maybe a separate episode. But thank you, Armenia. And about awards, before Joy starts with some of your brilliant ones, Joy, I want to, I have to start with this because I think this is, you know, it's that time of the year, light and fluffy and interesting. I want to talk about the first award of this evening's podcast, which is called the Bad Sex in Fiction Award. Joy, have you heard of it? Yes, I have. It's a good one. It's a fantastic (laughs) one. (laughs) Every year since 1993, the Literary Review presents the annual Bad Sex in Fiction Award to the author who produces the worst description of a sex scene in a novel. The award itself is a semi-abstract trophy representing sex in the 1950s, which sort of depicts apparently a naked woman draped over an open book. Um, Originally established by Rhoda Koenig, a critic, and uh, Oberon Waugh, then editor of the Literary Review. Now, recently, Jonathan Little won the 17th annual Literary Review Bad Sex in Fiction Award. It's a mouthful, actually. I mean, no pun intended. For the Kindly Ones, that's his book. You know, the prize was presented by Charles Dance. Charles Dance, who played uh, the senior Lannister in Game of Thrones and also has been appearing in many movies after that. A very, very famous uh, British actor. And the judge who called the book in part a work of a genius joy highlighted a passage likening orgasm to the scraping out of a hard-boiled egg by a spoon. And there was another one, Joy, in which somebody likens a vagina to a gorgon's head, a motionless cyclop whose single eye never blinks. Bad sex in fiction, Joy. Well, bad sex in fiction, I just have to tell you that I heard about this award in, I think, 2003 or four, yep. where one of our guys went and got it. So you oh. might have heard of Sandeep Bell. He was famous for, you know, his stuff in Tehelka and all these sting operations that he did. Of course. But what you perhaps don't know is that he wrote a book called Bunker 13. And Bunker, Bunker 13. 13. Yes. And it's all about a journalist discovering some sort of a defense camp and going down to meet the army. 
Okay. And what you can make out is Anurad Bell is a good writer, but he's really, really interested in automotive things, motorcycles alone, and of course, uh, the defense. So his sex scenes read like something that I've you've never seen. Like uh, one example is she sandwiches your nozzle between her tits, massaging it with a slow rhythm, a trailer to mark, bookmark the events ahead. For now, she has taken you in her lovely mouth. Your palms are holding her neck and thumbs are at her ear, regulating the speed of her head as she sucks up your machinery. She's topping your engine oil for the cross-country coming up. Your Joy. RPM is hitting in me. Joy, okay, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm stopping you right there. This is this sounds no, like... Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just have to tell you one more thing. Yeah. She picks up a Bugatti's momentum. You want her more at a Volkswagen's cherry trot. Wait, wait. And the best <laughs> part of it, he gets this award. He flies to London to get it. And he, yeah. the award is given to him by Sting. So, like, he's like... Whatever other award I get, how what are the chances that Sting is going to give you an award, man? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. This is, I mean, mind-boggling. I, I didn't expect you would actually launch launch this episode with such a stunning rendition of how much Joy knows about sex in books. I mean, this this could be a different book altogether. No, no, no. It's all about what Anurudh knows about, you know automotive parts and okay. vehicles and stuff that I really don't want to know about. <laughs> it's <is> quite fascinating. <laughs> I will enjoy. I will now look at car dealerships in a completely new light. Car or two-wheeler dealerships. <laughs> I always thought they were like, you know, I mean, of course, great um, showrooms with lots of branding and, and they look very glitzy and glamorous. But this is taking it to an, another thing altogether. Don't dare mention a Volkswagen before you know, just casually in front of me without checking. This is unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you know, compared to this, uh, orgasms sounding like uh, scraping out of a hard-boiled egg by a spoon seems very breakfast-like, you know, simple breakfast conversation that way. But let me see if I can count that one which you promised with something. Okay, this is the one I want to really talk to you about. Have you heard of the Darwin Award, Joy? The Darwin Award is an honor named after, of course, the evolutionary theorist Charles Darwin, man who gave you natural selection and all that. It's given for people who do a service to humanity by accidentally removing themselves from the gene pool, which means to lose the ability to reproduce either by dying or by sterilization in a stupid fashion. Wendy Northcutt, author of the Darwin Award books, has also said that the awards honor people who ensure the long-time survival of the human race by removing themselves from the gene pool in a sublimely idiotic fashion. Now, you might say, what does that mean? An example, jumping out of a plane to film skydivers without wearing a parachute. One of the winners, 1987. <laughs> Unbelievable. Please. Darwin Award winner. Then, trying to get enough light to look down the barrel of a loaded muzzle loader gun using a cigarette lighter. Winner, 1996. Another one. Attempting to play Russian roulette with a semi-automatic pistol that automatically loads the next round into the chamber. I mean, this is phenomenal. And I think we have seen a lot of uh, movies in Bollywood where Russian roulette routinely featured. And uh, I seem to think in many cases, the winner would not have had a choice because the villain would be forcing that other person to play. But somebody did win. But the last one, you know, each year, one award is selected as being much more honorable for whatever reason, Joy, than the rest. <laughs> and in 2007, honorable winner was something called the Enema Within. It's a it's a story where a man died of alcohol poisoning after having two 
one and a half liter bottles of sherry inserted anally. I I rest my case, Joy. Uh, I mean, okay, you rest your case. Uh, of course, the one great thing about these awards is nobody's going to collect on those awards. Definitely, on this, <laughs> and I don't think Nick <laughs> will also be way too embarrassed to collect on that. Yeah, uh, but you know, I want to talk about awards that we've all seen and read about in Asterix comics, and I start with Asterix and the Laurel Wreath, and okay. we all know that the Olympics, you know, you originally used to have laurel wreaths. Yep. And they were not just laurel wreaths. The interesting one was, it has to be a branch taken from the branch of a wild olive tree at Olympia. Okay. Right. And a boy, both parents were alive, has to cut them with a pair of golden scissors, take them to the temple of Hira, and there the Helenodikai, the Helenodikai are the people who are the judges of the Olympic Games, they would make the wreaths and crown the winners. Oh. This is an interesting thing to it. It really, really told you that they were not really interested. Glory was more important than material possessions. So, you know, Xerxes, they say, after this is a story from Herodotus, he said that yeah. after the Battle of Thaumopile, he asked, why were there so few men defending Thaumopile? And because there were only 300 and we all know about it. And the answer was, all the other men are participating in the Olympic Games. And he asked, okay, what's the prize for the winner? And somebody said a laurel wreath. And then one of his generals said, Good heavens, what kind of men are these against whom you brought us to fight? Men who do not compete for possessions, but for virtue. Wow. And that was a really scary thing that these guys can't be bribed. If they're fighting, they're all going to the Olympic Games just for a laurel wreath. How can you fight against them? Tell me something, Joy. In that true tradition, a true Olympic tradition, even today, the winners of the Olympic Games just get medals, right? I mean, they might get prize money once they get back home, from their, you know, from their government or their state federation or their national federation. But that very spirit of, whether you call it, uh, you know, amateurism in sport in, in a nice way and not, not amateur as being non-professional. But uh, that very spirit is uh, still today being carried on and which is, which is fantastic, right? I mean, yeah, it was a laurel wreath that many days ago. Uh, that many years or, you know, de- uh, probably centuries ago. And even today, it's just a medal. Interesting. And, uh, you know, in 1896, when they really started off, they didn't have a gold medal. They had wow. two sets of silver medals and a bronze medal. And in 1900, right. they actually had rectangular medals. They didn't have round medals, they had rectangular medals. Right. And they were awarded in those categories. And... Uh, only in 1904, when in St. Louis, Missouri, the Olympics Games were held, that was the first time that they actually had gold, silver and bronze. Before that, it was always silver and bronze. Two I, characters do, do, the do you think the reason could be that in you know in the first two modern Olympic Games, most of the winners were people from uh, the, the working class, so as to say. And a lot of them would often have to go right after the Olympic Games was over and, you know, start working on, you know, maybe road construction or even some of them would be working on removing manhole covers. And then, you know, if the if you if your medals are square, then they wouldn't fit the round manhole holes. And therefore, uh, they no. Okay, that is the longest story. I don't know where you're going with this, but uh, I'll tell you one more thing. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of the Order of the Garter? The Ninth Order of the Garter, or something like that. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Ninth Order of the Garter is something which has been put together. Okay. Which was actually this oldest and highest British chivalry award, started wow. by Edward the Third. Okay. And you know how it started. Apparently, there was a situation in the court of King Edward the Third. 
where a basically a woman Hmm. One of the courtiers dropped a garter, which is a band worn around the you know leg to hold up a sock. Yeah, it fell, and the king saved it from being embarrassed by picking up the garter and fixing it on his own leg. Okay, saying basically what it meant was shame for anyone who thinks badly of this. So that chivalry was considered so much that the most oldest British chivalry award is the Order of the Garter. I mean, day before yesterday, I was standing in the balcony and somebody's petticoat fell from the upstairs balcony on my face. Do you think that was a moment I really missed when I could have wrapped that petticoat around my neck and turned it into an order of the golden petticoat in my own locality and 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 created history? Do you think? Do you think that's that's something? Look, I think there was an award of the golden pelican, wasn't there? There was an award of the golden pelican which was given for I think. Tintin won it. The order of the Golden Pelican. Pelican. I think it was in Nautica's Scepter, wasn't it? Yeah, probably, probably. My God, this this episode is swinging wildly. You are taking it in a serious direction, and here am I trying to uh, completely drag it down into you know the new depths of uh, ludicrousness. Uh, but so, what's your next one? I mine is I have I have some really fantastic ones. The next one I have, you'll really really love it, Joy. Is the Diagram Prize instituted in 1978? The Diagram Prize uh, is a humorous literary award given to a book with the oddest title or name every year. Its official title is the Diagram Group Prize for the oddest title and is named after the Diagram Group, very boring reason, an information and graphics company based in London. The award is given by the bookseller of British Trade Magazine and about the publishing industry. And let me give you some of the winning titles, Joy. Hang on to your chair. That lovely chair I can see sitting in your brilliant living room uh, in the northern hills of India, but the, these are the winners. Living with crazy buttocks. The joy of chickens. <laughs> the joy of chickens is complete. It has your name in it. This one, joy. Oral sadism and the vegetarian personality. Would you... I want to gift you this book if I can get it. The, the other ones. Cooking with poo. Horrible. And then bomb-proof your horse. This was apparently a very, very strong winning title, Bomb Proof Your Horse. And the winner is selected, by the way, through public voting on the bookseller website. But the diagram price, which one did you really like? Do you think oral sadism and the vegetarian personality sounds, I think that sounds very interesting, if you ask. So look, the one, my favorite was the first one that ever won, which was the proceedings of the second international workshop on nude mice. Oh, okay. That's amazing. But I, I read up on it. So I was also fascinated. I said, what is this nude mouse? So apparently, yeah. very sadly, it's not an interesting, it's not mice who are going, you know, swinging mice. It's a laboratory mouse that has a mutation that causes an absent thymus. So, you know, reduced number of T cells. It was very boring. But, you know, the concept of nude mice was like fantastic. My, my goodness. I'll, I'll give you another one, for example. You know, the 2021 winner was Roy Schwartz's academic study on the Jewish origins of the Man of Steel. And the name of the book is, Is Superman Circumcised? And <laughs> and Roy Schwartz apparently commented after winning that the competition was stiff, but I'm glad I was able to rise to the challenge. And before I finish this, I will leave you with three more previous winners. The strange yet delightfully titled Goblin Proofing One's Chicken Coop. You love the word goblin proof? 
This is gob- you, sorry, you mentioned goblin mode last episode. This is goblin proofing one's chicken coop. But this one, Joy, which will really, really, really take your goat is the big book of lesbian horse stories. I think this and the one on oral sadism and the vegetarianism, that these two are definitely on my Christmas book list to give to you. Of course, if you have time to read these, because uh, you might soon be reading another solid winner from from the 2020s, if I'm not mistaken, called The Crotcheting Adventures with Hyperbolic Planes. My God, I'm shaking. (laughs) I'm shaking. What do you think of lesbian horses, Joy? Do you have any information? I I, I saw the cover of that book. I was absolutely fascinated. Lesbian horse stories was, I I think... It just got me there. And it's a big but book, you know, Joy. It's a big book. It's not one story. There are many. Yeah. That's fascinating. Fascinating. I mean... Okay. I have another literary award for you. Okay. And it's called the Edgar Bulwer Lytton Award. All right. And actually, the first time I came across it was, you know, if you read any of the Snoopy cartoons in Charlie Brown, mm-hmm. Snoopy always starts his stories by saying, it was a dark and stormy night. Right. Right. So... The full line actually was from the 1830 novel by Edgar Bulwell. The novel is called Paul Clifford was, it was a dark and stormy night. The rain fell in torrents except at occasional intervals when it was checked by a violent gust of wind which swept up the streets. For it is London that our scene lies, rattling along the rooftops and fiercely agitating the scanty flame of the lamps that struggled against the darkness. It's a terrible first line. My so God. Somebody, <laughs> a professor called Scott Rice at the University of San Jose, sorry, at San Jose State University, Mm. decided they will have an award for the worst opening lines of a book. Of course, these are all made up because they write only to win this award. These are not picked up from real books. But some of them are absolutely fantastic. I remember one fantastic book which had an opening line which was it was a dark and stormy night on the east coast of Scotland which has nothing to do with this story which took place on the western side or western coast who was this Joy? this was this is um, famous humorist yeah yeah I'm trying to remember who which is one of our more famous humorists we'll have to find that out I remember I don't know whether it was I think one of our our listeners will definitely pick this up pick this up it'll come to me at some point and then there was this iconic one line and one chapter though not the opening line from George Mikesh's uh, How to Be a Brit where he said that the continentals have sex but the English use hot water bottle if you remember that was George Mikesh yes, yes, yes. that was that was How to Be his How to Be series right this was I think How to Be a Brit and the, na- no, how the title, to be an alien, yeah. How to Be an Alien sorry and the name of the chapter was about sex and there was only one line and I thought that was iconic George Mikesh you're my hero along with Spike Milligan along with all the other famous humorist but we digress joy coming back to since we're talking yeah i'll give you uh, a couple of my lines my best ones tell me the camel died quite suddenly on the second day and selena fretted sulkily and buffing her already impeccable nails not for the first time since the journey began pondered snidely if this would dissolve into a vignette of minor inconveniences like all the holidays spent with basil But wait, wait, wait. This one by, that's by Gail Kane of San Francisco. This one's even better. R.T. Calamaris of Fairfax, Virginia. Right. And this is like the perfect detective story. Okay. The moment he laid eyes on the lifeless body of the nude socialized sprawled across the bathroom floor. Mm -hmm. Detective Leary knew she had committed suicide by grasping the cap on the tamper-proof bottle 
pushing down and twisting while she kept her thumb firmly pressed against the spot. The arrow pointed to until she hit the exact spot where the tap clicks into place, allowing her to remove the cap and swallow the entire contents of the bottle, thus ending her life. So <laughs> this is, this sounds like this sounds like a screenplay writer who midway through writing a screenplay realizes that there's no more beer in the refrigerator and it's uh, it's minus 23 degrees outside or something and gets superly angry or you know uh, sort of you know missing his missing his drink or something and then starts writing absolute bullshit i mean it, this is an amalgamation of a bad screenplay <laughs> and a horrible opening but joy let this me... reminds me of the book that a friend of ours always wanted to write, if you remember. He came up to me one no. day, one of our favorite friends, and I will not mention his name, and no. he said, no. it's a 500-page book, it's <laughs> a detective story. Yes. The mystery solved in the first 15 pages, the right. next 185 pages are about the death of language. I could not have had enough drinks to recover from that description of a story. But that is a novel that deserves to be written by everybody. I think uh, it has already been done into a Netflix movie. It's called uh, The Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, if I'm not Okay, mistaken. wait, wait, wait. No, I, I still want to watch that, Ratin. No spoilers uh, yet. No, okay. I know okay. You, you, you're against it, but no spoilers yet. No, okay. Um, talking about uh, prizes, uh, let's let's get very serious now, Joy. Enough of uh, tomfoolery about prizes and awards. Um, let me talk to you about a very serious prize. Um, have you heard of the Nobel Prize, Joy? You must have, yes, right? Have. Yes, yes. Alfred Nobel, math wife, mathematician, blah, blah, all, that, all those sorts of things. How big it is, held in Stockholm and some from Oslo. But I'm going to talk about something called the Ig Nobel Prize. It's a parody of the Nobel Prize and it's given each year in early October for 10 achievements that first make people laugh and then make them think. Organized by the scientific humor magazine, Annals of Improbable Research, AIR. They are presented by a group that actually includes joy, genuine Nobel laureates at a ceremony at Harvard University, Sanders Gitter. And in that ceremony, Awardees very nicely have the opportunity to explain their achievements to the public. But if such explanations become too long-winded, as frequently your and mine stories end up being, they are interrupted by the cries of a little girl named Miss Sweetie Poo, who repeatedly cries out, Please stop, I'm bored in a high-pitched voice. I mean, thank God we don't have that. I mean, we don't have to do anything live. Some recent winners, Joy. And this is something which will really get your goat. In medicine, Brian Whitcomb from Gloucester for his research on sword swallowing and its side effects. And his results include sore throats, apparently. Unbelievable. In linguistics, Joy, three men from the University of Barcelona, Juan Manuel Toro, Josip V. Tobalon, and Nuria Sebastian Gales. They won for showing that rats sometimes cannot tell the difference between a person speaking Japanese backwards and a person speaking Dutch backwards. Joy, I love these guys. This is incredible. And no, no, I love this award. And the and best listen, part of it. No, is... th there's one more. I have to stop you. You have to. The Peace Prize, the Ig Nobel Peace Prize, won recently by the Air Force Wright Laboratory in Dayton, Ohio. Right, as in the Wright brothers, Joy. You think this is serious stuff. For its research uh -huh. on a gay bomb, which would cause enemy soldiers once exploded to become irresistible to one another and lose the will to fight. The laboratory spent 7.5 million US dollars reportedly for this research. I I give up. I rest my case. Unbelievable. Ignoble winner. I have two Indian winners for you. Okay. What more do you want? 
Okay. The first Indian winner is the 2002 Ig Nobel Prize in Mathematics went to Sri Kumar Nirmalan of Kerala Agricultural University in Trichur. Estimation of the total surface area of Indian elephants and working okay. on 24 elephants they devised a mathematical equation. Right. S is equal to minus 8.245 plus 6.807 h plus 7.703 ffc where s is the surface area h the height of the shoulders Amazing. and ffc the four foot pads in circumference i mean these guys are geniuses but the one which is one right after that so we like win it year after year the 2003 ig nobel prize for peace went yeah. to lal bihari of uttar pradesh all right and i'm quoting from the site for yep. leading an active life even though he's been declared legally dead for waging a lively posthumous <laughs> campaign against bureaucratic inertia <laughs> and secondly for creating the association of dead people you know mrithlok association yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's one of the most common things in up you have somebody killed off officially right. and then it's impossible for them to get it the interesting thing is that he had to get a passport he had to fight to get a passport obviously so he could travel to harvard and accept his prize however the us government refused to allow him into the country wow unbelievable but anyway joy i think we are we are we are running out of time we could go on and on sadly we would have to draw an end to some of these awards before people start awarding you and me joy with some really extraordinary uh, awards of you know tomfoolery or stupidity or you know you, you can name what it is brings us to the end of our main course with i hope you had enough uh, you know side helpings to make it interesting for you but before we go joy we have our quiz question of the week now last week you asked a fantastic question what was your question joy and give us out the answer and i'll tell you who replied correctly so last week we asked about which indian sect gets its name from the persian word for crocodile yeah and the answer of course is nihang who's a very well known sect you know they wear blue extremely well known sect in uh, punjab And do we have any answers? Any winners? Oh, of course, of course. And I'm so glad that uh, once these questions are back, as in question of the week, some of our regular uh, participants in this quiz have also come back and giving out the correct answer. This week are the following people: Neeraj Dubey. Welcome back, Neeraj, who's answered I think a lot of questions in the past. Roman Karmakar, Joseph Tudu, Dipankar. Majumdar and somebody called Phoenix Lalik Phoenix Lalik I can't make out if this is a real person joy or somebody who doesn't like Rene Lalik's paintings but congratulations to all of you and joy do you have a question our question of the week firstly yeah for this episode do. congratulations this sounds truly global and the best part is you probably have not taken the names of the five armenian people who also wrote in with the correct answers i'm sure you're not just giving them credit I but i know not. lots of armenians have written in i think yeah i think let's see if this week if you have a question which will get more people from across the globe to participate and actually come back but what's your question joy Okay so I'm talking about another award it's set up by a group of Australians called Australian Skeptics which okay. is a group who investigate pseudoscience and paranormal phenomena okay and they have created an award to the perpetrator of the most preposterous piece of paranormal or pseudo scientific piffle okay so the Australians I'll repeat myself the Australian Skeptics have created an award for the perpetrator of the most preposterous piece of paranormal or pseudo scientific piffle okay what is the award called or what is the shape of the award or what is it called 
you sure it is not the wish for bandhu gupta award for hot, <laughs> hot air no okay maybe not please please if you if you've heard the question clearly this is your cue come back and write uh, uh, the the answers to this quiz question and write to us at factofthematterindia@gmail.com so before we end this episode uh, you know we also would like to remind all our listeners and especially from armenia that you can send us your feedback suggestions and of course the quiz question to this same email address factofthematterindia that's one word at the rate gmail.com you can of course catch all our episodes on spotify amazon music apple podcasts google podcasts report stitcher basically on whatever platform you prefer do click on the follow button which will ensure that you automatically get informed whenever a new episode drops so spread the good word enjoy your holidays and uh, keep checking our website uh, anchor.fm backslash fact of the matter and give us your feedback and we will like to hear more from you and we would like to come back with your suggestions thoughts and more episodes so joy anything before we sign off nothing just just looking forward to all listeners from everywhere in the globe especially armenia especially armenia and before before we leave the last bit as you always know i like to you know have the last word is uh, like to just leave all our listeners with with this hot that there is a prize called the turnip prize which which sort of satirizes the tate gallery's turner prize by rewarding deliberately bad and low effort modern art and in 2019 fanny scorcher and i'm not joking joy won the turnip prize with her creation called bushfire down under which was a woman's underwear picture with a hole burned into the front i leave you with that awards you know uh, remunerations happiness whatever gets your goat enjoy great holidays and see you till our next episode